Amen. All right, if you have a Bible, get it out. Today's going to be an important day for you to uh, get some notes somewhere. There's some on the back table there. No rules here. You can get up and go get one if you need to. Uh, in sheet copy back there and a little binder if you don't have one. Mallory's got some back there. She can bring one to you. Um, if you are a tech person, if you get the Uversion Bible app and download that and then go into events, uh, we should be the first one at the top there because it goes by location and you are literally in the location. So it should be very easy to find. Okay. And uh, that will have all the scriptures I'm going through today. We're going to be a lot uh, going around the scriptures a lot today. So uh, you want to do that and make sure that you are following along because here's reality. Today we are talking about membership. What does it look like to become a member uh, of any church, but this church in particular, And what I want you to know and see is what God has to say about it, not just what my opinions are about it. And uh, God has a lot to say, and it's also interesting and important as to what God doesn't say. So we're going to dive into that a little bit and talk about membership. So if you get those notes out, they will be helpful. So the the first thing that I want to do is take you away from the notes and just ask you to think about something. If you have a Bible, go to Revelation chapter 5. This is not in the notes because I just want you, I want you to process this with me as an end goal. As an end goal. What is the end goal of why we gather? And uh, it's always only Jesus. Always. And I want to show you why that's so important. In Revelation chapter 5, Uh, We are given access into the throne room of heaven. We see uh, some things that are taking place. And I'm just going to boil it down real quick for you. The Apostle John is writing this. He's been given a vision from God. And he's using things, adjectives like, or not adjectives, but you English buffs, you fix this. Whatever like and as are, what are those? Similes? Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I said, isn't it? Um, So... (laughs) adjectives. Duh. I was better at Greek than I was at English, if that tells you anything. <laughs> but um, so John has this vision of heaven and what God allows him to see is a few things. The first thing that John does is he begins to weep at the foot of Jesus because in that moment and in that setting, he recognizes that as God the Father is sitting there with his redemptive plan in his hand, it's referred to as a scroll with seven seals, John comes into the throne room of heaven and realizes that nobody is worthy to open it. That's you and me today. We are not worthy to be here. We're not worthy to stand in the presence of God redeemed. But the next thing that John sees is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus Christ is the lion of the tribe of Judah. God doesn't need editors in this culture. He needs messengers in this culture. And so we preach the Bible here. And so that is so important because as John is weeping, those elders in the throne room of heaven pick John up and say, you don't need to cry. Look, here comes the lion of the tribe of Judah. 
And it's an amazing scene. And so John stops crying. And what's so awesome about that text is the lion comes. And as John looks, he says, I looked and I saw what looked like a lamb. And the the power in that is you and I deserve the lion, but get the lamb. And so out of that, we, we see that Jesus opens the scroll and then we're given why you and I are part of the church. Okay, so go down to, um, so they, they've praised him and done all of that. And then if you go down to starting in verse um, 11, let's just pick it up there and read to the end of the chapter. It says, Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the voice of many angels numbering myriads of myriads and thousands and thousands saying with a loud voice worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing and I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in the sea saying to them uh, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be blessing and honor and glory and might forever And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. You and I are here to worship God. When you go to heaven, if you know Christ, you will worship God. Everything that you do is worship. Our biggest problem in all the earth is a worship problem. That worship problem manifests itself as sin And sin separates us from God. And so it's out of the good news of the gospel that the church is born. It's on the level playing field that uh, apart from Christ we can do nothing. And so what's fascinating about church membership as we dive into it today is that the phrase church membership, it isn't there. Right? And so that should be your first uh, clue and question is to why do all of these churches have this thing called church membership if the Bible never uses the phrase church membership? Very good question, and I'm glad you asked it. Okay? But um, I want to walk you through a few things. The first thing you'll see in your notes is the task of church membership. And in parentheses you see, what is it for? Why do church membership? Uh, Let me read to you from Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 3. We're going to do a lot of scripture today because we we need God to speak to us. Here, Here is what is called the Beatitudes. Jesus is describing what his people uh, look and sound like. Here's what he says. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. 
Rejoice and be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. That is a description of the church. You'll notice we tend to think about the first parts of those Beatitudes. We tend to think of blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn. But when you look at what is connected to that, you get insight into the fact that God was describing the church. He was saying things like, for they shall inherit the earth, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, for they shall see God, for they shall be called the sons of God. The people who are in the family of God, are characterized by the things that we see. And not because, they're, not because they have to, but because as they were adopted in the family of God, the Holy Spirit moves in and begins to change you and change your desires and change your actions. And it brings you joy, as that scripture just described. And as a result, we become salt and light in the earth. The church is here to be salt and light. So let me give you a definition uh, from a guy named Jonathan Lehman. I think it encapsulates what that scripture says. To be a distinct, marked off society that through its very distinctness blesses the nations and garners praise for the Heavenly Father. That encapsulates who we are. We, we are different. That description of people is different. That we would be seeking out the things that other people are running from. That we would be embracing persecution when others are fleeing it. And I'm not talking about uh, fleeing a place that is being bombed. Don't hear me wrong. I'm talking about uh, in our culture when people uh, revile you for his name's sake. That just might be a badge of honor that we ought to wear and not be afraid of. Paul said it this way. You know the verse, Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And so uh, that is what church membership is for, to show a marked off people that God has redeemed unto himself that the father has given to the son and that the son is the senior pastor of the shepherd the good shepherd and so that is who the church is and uh you become a member of that church of god's church by being adopted into the family the fact that you were dead in your sins ephesians chapter 2 says and that God came down in Jesus Christ. Jesus was God. 
And he lived a life that you could not live. Perfect. And died on the cross and paid the penalty. The Bible says the wages of your sin was death. And that Christ paid that payment for you so that you could be made right with God. That is good news. That's why it's on our wall. It's in everything that we talk about. Because without that, we're nothing. And so when you uh, are drawn by the Holy Spirit and make Jesus Lord of your life and He becomes the, the King of your life, the Bible says you're adopted into the family. And so when you're in the family, you are a member. But here's where, here's where we move into this territory of needing church membership. Though the Bible never says... This is how you join a local church in church membership. Though it never says that, what it does tell me as your pastor and the other elders is how to take you out of church memberships. <laughs> so if there is an exit point, what does that tell me? There is an entry point. Does that make sense? So there has to be a way for me as the pastor of Redeemer City Church to know I can officially call you out for your sin and vice versa. That you would be a part of our church, the one that God's assembling right here, right now, for such a time as this. But, but before we talk about getting accepted into, I want, I want to talk a little bit about what the tools of church membership are. What does church membership do? I want to read a bunch of scriptures and then give you five things to write down uh, that are tools of church membership um, as the body of Christ. So let's start in Matthew 16 and verse 13. We're going to read all these right in a row, and then we'll look at those five things. Here's what it says. Now when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. One of the things that we're going to talk about, I just want to mention this real quick. One of the things, that has always been a weird verse to me. <laughs> whatever you bind in heaven, whatever you loose on earth, what is he talking about? In my opinion, he's talking to an el the first elder of the church that it's part of your responsibility, Peter, to affirm credible professions of faith. The entry point to being in the church, to be a part of the church, to be a member of the church, is that you believe the gospel. That you be a Christian. It would be like you showing up at my house and being like, I'm your kid now. I'd be like, no, you're not. No, you're not. The three I have eat plenty. All right, But what happened when we went to Ethiopia and picked up Malachi? Though Camden did not give him birth, he is my son. 
He's been adopted into my family. And that's the picture. And it's my job as the father in the Kuhn family to say, you're mine. It's my job as your pastor to make sure that God has said, you're mine. And so I just want to point that out because you're probably thinking like I do, like that's a little weird verse. Uh, and by the way, just, just so we're all clear, uh, Peter was not the first pope. Uh, it was right after this that God calls him Satan. So I uh, just want to keep that clear, okay? So uh, what was God saying there? That 1 Corinthians one twenty seven, God was going to use the weak things of the world to shame the wise. And Peter was the epitome of that. Okay, and so I just want to make sure we are theologically and doctrinally clear uh, that Satan is not the leader of the church, um, but yet God worked through Peter. Okay, so let's go to Matthew 18, verse 15 to 20. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. What does that imply? That you belong to a church. If you are church hopping all over the place, which one would you pick? Okay, There is a sense of belonging, that you are a part of a local church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. Okay, so here's this idea that we collectively are witnessing whether people are truly children of God. Not that we're perfect. It doesn't say find the perfect people. It says when the imperfect people mess up, just tell them. Like we make such a huge deal out of this, this uh, confessing sin and being sinners. And it's like, hello, every person in this room right now is, is you know, pretty terrible. <laughs> Welcome to the club. I love you. And, uh, you know, so is your pastor. Just ask my wife. And uh, it's just... We need to move away from this being a huge deal. Talk to each other. Does that, does that make sense? Is that clear <laughs> from the Bible? If you have a problem, just go tell them. And the Bible says that those who are following Jesus, now you may not see eye to eye, but the, the thing that will happen is that you can come to an agreement, especially if somebody's in sin, and you've gained your brother or your sister. And that's the way it's supposed to work. But then we see in this church membership phase that if that doesn't happen, you are to get the church involved. Well, how do you know where to get the church involved? Because you've been going to one, and you've become a member of it. And so, a uh, very important part of that. Now, Matthew 28, 18 to 20, uh, some more things that the church ought to do. It says, And Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father 
and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 1. Paul's writing to Timothy, uh, who is beginning a ministry. He's planted a church. He says, This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience by rejecting this. Some have made a shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may, not, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Second Timothy 1.14 By the Holy Spirit who dwells within us, guard the good deposit entrusted to you. 1 Corinthians 5, 12, and 13. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Church is really good at that. Look at all those bad people out there. But Paul says, what do I have to do with that? What do I have to do with judging those outside the church? Listen, don't come to me and talk to me about all the bad people out there. I know. God knows. That's not our job. Look at what it says. Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge. Maybe we should judge each other openly and honestly, not behind their back or on Instagram. Oh, I'm judging you. I'm not liking that. Listen to what it says. I mean, do we not complicate this? Don't we? It's easier to point a finger outside the wall than it is to look around and say, are we following Jesus? Are we doing right? Here's how the verse finishes. God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. Okay, so five things that the church does. Five things that membership does. That the leadership in the church uh, does within membership The first one is God has given the authority to guard the gospel. That we would make clear what is the gospel. Authority to guard the gospel. The second one, to affirm credible professions of faith. We saw multiple times where it's talking about uh, Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That's not saying that the church saves people. The Bible's very clear. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that it is not of anything that you have done, but it is a free gift of God. So that's clear. So how do we interpret this less clear passage in light of the very clear one? That the church would be affirming credible professions of faith. How do you do that? By your fruit you will know them, Jesus says. Okay? So we have authority to guard the gospel, affirm credible professions of faith. Number three, to oversee discipleship. Jesus is telling the disciples, go and make disciples. Well, how do they do that? By overseeing discipleship. Right? So in the evangelism process, yes, we want people to come to Christ, but we also want them to grow. We want you to grow. So to oversee discipleship. Number four, to teach all that God has commanded. Come straight from the Great Commission. Make disciples and then teach them all that I have commanded. And then number five, the least popular, to exclude false professors of faith. 
that's an extreme that we hope to never get to. But it's certainly possible. Certainly possible. And we want to be honest with you at the very beginning of that, that it would be more important for us to be honest with you about your spiritual condition for eternity than it would be to not offend you. I just want that to be clear at the beginning. I would much rather see you in heaven than see you in the neighborhood. As much as I like being in the neighborhood with you. I love, I love being here. So that moves us into the question, who gets accepted in the membership? How do you actually get in? What does the process look like? There, there's two things that the Bible makes clear get you into church, that make you a part of the church. And so we're going to say it this way. Those who have been baptized in the local church affirms their profession of faith. Okay, here's what happens almost immediately in that moment. We think prerequisite. Like, I knew it, baptism required, required for membership. Well, like, but not really. Like, don't, don't get super spiritual on me, okay? Baptism is awesome, okay? So, like, I, I don't want that to be a hang-up for you because baptism is a celebration of the grace of God in your life. And we would love nothing more than to baptize you. It would be awesome. It would be so great. And um, so don't think about that as, oh, i got to get baptized to be a member here. Think about that like, I get to get baptized. Like it's a celebration of the grace of God. Why? Because it shows to the church, I'm a part of the church, and I'm ready to be held accountable. That's why you get baptized, to make a public profession of your faith. I have, I have been adopted into the family of God, and now I'm letting the church know by identifying with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. That's why we dunk you under the water and bring you back out. Okay, because that's what it's showing, and it's awesome. So don't, don't get grumpy about that. Just celebrate that. Okay, and if you were baptized somewhere else, we will obviously affirm that and uh, take your word for it and uh, it won't be a big deal at all. But we want to uh, affirm that you are a Christian because you really, you won't fit in here if you don't believe the gospel. It's just going to bother us in a, in a holy and righteous way because that is what we're first and foremost concerned about, that you are uh, a child of God, that you're part of the family. And uh, if you're not, we want to walk you through what it looks like to become part of the family. And so that's why we want that honor uh, to do that. And um, so with that being said, let me, let me read you a couple of scriptures again. Matthew 18, 4 and 5. Uh, he, here's how that goes. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever listen to this as a key word, receives one such child in my name, receives me. Matthew 28, 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. It's a direct command of God to the leaders of the church. Go make disciples and baptize them. You can't possibly be more clear as to what Jesus wants. Not what the church wants, but what Jesus wants. Go make disciples and baptize them wasn't optional. Acts 2.38, And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized. How many? Every one of you 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let me just boil that down. You have to know, understand, and believe the gospel. You don't have to know the whole Bible. All right, we're not going to quiz you on you know what the third verse of Zechariah says, and uh, you know, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so don't hear that wrong. I'm not saying you should know everything or have an answer to everything. Okay, that's not that's not what we're saying. But the gospel. How do I know that I am? a part of the family of God. Is Jesus Lord of my life? We want to make sure that you know that because you're, you're not in the family if you don't know that. And we want you to be in the family so that you can experience all the benefits of being in the family. And so that's really important to us. Um, let me say a second thing here. Uh, not only have to know, understand, believe that, it can't be your own private faith. That's a very popular thing in, in our culture today. I hear people all the time uh, tell me that, well, my faith is, is private. Well, God doesn't work that way. That's why he said repent and be baptized. Because th- this isn't a private thing. How are you going to confess your sins to somebody if your faith is private? How are they going to confess their sin to you if their faith is private? You, you can't do the things, you can't do the tools of church membership or the task of church membership unless you are uh, public professors of Jesus. And, and he went so much farther, didn't he? He said, if you deny me, I'll deny you. That's pretty clear. He says, but if you acknowledge me before others, I will acknowledge you before my Father. And, uh, you know, sometimes we look at that negatively, but... Man, Paul, you, we just look at Paul for our example, and he, he's like, man, just like, some, somebody like persecute me, please. I just want to identify with Jesus right now. Like, how do you get there? By just loving Jesus and spending time with his people and growing as a disciple and wanting more and more to be like Christ in that sanctification process. Um, so how, how are we going to do that here? How, how are we going to affirm that you are a uh, Christian, that you have made a credible profession of faith, that you're in the family of God? Uh, we're going to do that at Redeemer City Church by having all of you sit down with one of our elders to become a member. And so you're not going to sign a covenant. You're not going to sign a contract. There'll be no signing of anything because uh, the Bible never gives us uh, clarity and authority to do that, to have you sign on the dotted line. Jesus signed on the dotted line, okay? And so we're not going to do that. However, he has tasked us as leaders in the church to make sure that you're a child of God. Uh, And so what we want to do is uh, your family can all do it at the same time. Uh, If you're just an individual, obviously it can just be you. But we want the privilege of sitting down with you, A, so that you can get to know us and ask us questions that you want to ask because we think that's important. And also... Because we like you. We just want to sit down with you. We want to hear your story. We want to know what God has done in your life. We want to know the stories that are happening in this room. How did you come to Christ? How did he draw you to himself? And that, that you would just be able to articulate that. And it's very low pressure. Don't get nervous, okay? And that's kind of why we're doing it that way. Just in a relational setting. 
And uh, we want to spend time with you, and we want to know uh, your story and get to know you and be able to affirm that you have been adopted into the family of God. And so we're not going to have you sign up today. We're going to let you uh, just take these notes, kind of look through them, read the scriptures uh, through again, and just process that. And then if God would lead you to become a member, a uh, a inaugural founding member of Redeemer City Church. That makes you sound a lot more important than you are. And, uh, <laughs> but if God would lead you to do that, uh, in the next few weeks, we will roll out a plan for you to sit down with one of us and uh, spend some time together in getting to know you and also uh, affirming that you've been saved. If some of you have not been baptized and you want to, we want to be able to plan that well uh, so that you can have your family members here if necessary and uh, make it just a great celebration of all that God is doing here. And uh, it's going to be great. So that's what we want you to do there. One of the things that we'll also do when we sit down with you is uh, just have our church's statement of faith. We just want to, you to be sure that you're comfortable with everything that we believe here. And uh, even if you don't uh, aren't lining up 100%, we just want each other to know what that looks like. Not that I think that that is always a dividing point. I think there's some fundamentals. Uh, like if you don't believe Jesus is God, you won't like going to church here. Um, just saying. And so there's some other cultural things that are in our statement of faith uh, that we believe the Bible's clear on. And we want you to just know that we're clear on that, that you're clear on that. And uh, by sitting down together, it'll allow you to... That's on the website, by the way. You can go under... Uh, learn, and then I forget what the drop down is, but it's on there. You're smart. You'll figure it out. And uh, so it's on there. You can start looking through that. And uh, we just want to be sure uh, because mo- all, all of those words were put there on purpose. And um, so we want you to know that. And uh, so let me let me close in this way, and we'll do this briefly. I'm not going to go through all these verses, um, but they're there in your notes for you to look through. Uh, so that you will know that these are not uh, mine, but they're God's. But I want to I just give you five ways that God expects you to submit to a local church. Okay? Uh, the first one is physically. God expects you to physically be present at a local church. Okay? Acts chapter 20, verse 7, and Hebrews 10, 25. Uh, you will have a difficult time being a church member if you do not come to church. This is not about the ego of filling up the room. This is about you're not really in the family if you don't show up for dinner. Okay? And so uh, we, we want to be clear on that, that God's desire is for you to be here and our desire is for you to be here. Um, number two, socially. James chapter 4, verse 4, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. These are all in the Version app too, by the way. So if you are struggling to write these down, I will also gladly make a copy of these note, of my notes for you so you don't have to write them all down. All right, socially, uh, your affections should be here. This should not be a checklist item for you. Why do we do city groups? So that you would get away from the 80 or 85 in the room and get to know eight really well. So that, you know, you may not know if you're sitting over here, the person way over there, but you might confess your sins to the one in front of you or the one behind you. That idea of really being known. Uh, and there's plenty of scripture. By the way, I'm giving you a few scriptures. You just read the whole New Testament. It's all about the church. Okay? 
and what God's doing in the church. So I'm just pointing out a few uh, specific ones. So socially, uh, your social uh, affections and, and life. So that leads to number three, affectionately. 1 Corinthians 12, 25, and 26. So you can look at that. Uh, number four, financially. I put extra verses there because everybody's always squirreling on that. All right. But uh, Romans 12, 13, uh, Romans 15, 26, Galatians 2, 10, 6, 6, uh, 1 John 3, 17, 1 Corinthians 9, 14, 1 Corinthians 16, 1 and 2, 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18. You're catching my drift, right? There are plenty of Bible verses uh, for all of this. So your finances. Uh, the Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If you are, if you have your heart in heaven, if you are adopted into the family of God, that's part of, part of it is to be a giver, generosity. And number five, spiritually. Spiritually. John 13, 34, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, 1 John 3, 14, and James 5, 16. Uh, take some time and digest those. Uh, read through those so you can see uh, what God has to say about that. But th- those are five real easy takeaways. If I'm going to be a member of a church, whether it's this one or another one, uh, those are some expectations that God puts on you um, in being a healthy, vital member, contributing member of a church, not just a consumer. And so um, that that is... Um, all we're going to go through today, uh, I would just encourage you to read your Bible and uh, ask questions. So what that will look like moving forward is take that, digest it, pray through it, uh, read those scriptures, and then in the next few weeks, we'll have a way for you to sign up to sit down with one of the elders, uh, which are myself, Pastor Jake, uh, Kent and Mick, who were up here earlier. And then we have one outside elder um, that when you plant a church and start a church, uh, you don't have anybody to be elders. And so you find people that you trust and you can help them you make wise decisions. And so Pastor Matt is, is an elder from our supporting church in Clearwater. Um, and so eventually he will roll off as we get to know each other. But the Bible says don't be hasty in laying on hands. And so we are trying to honor that as well. So fair enough? All right, love you guys. Let me pray for us, and then we'll sing another song as we uh, get out of here today. Father, we again are grateful for your word. We're thankful that you gave us your word, that you didn't leave us uh, in the dark. And uh, we pray that you would use your word as you continue to build uh, this church, Redeemer City Church, but also your global church, and that you would um, continue uh, to keep our eyes up and on the mission field and uh, our gaze fixed on Jesus. We love you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand and sing one more song as we close.